Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, sexy time is here. That's right. We're talking about 1987's Fatal Attraction on Kill by Kill After Dark. Well, greetings and salutations, and it's your old pal Patrick Hamilton coming to you once again from the mean cutthroat streets of New York City. This is the Kill by Kill podcast, but of course, it's after dark. That's where we talk about erotic thrillers in the hopes that uh, someone who commits suicide and then tries to blame it on somebody else, but then wouldn't you know it? She left a tape explaining the whole thing for you to find in his Philofax. Uh, oh, we, we hope that we could laugh at them, I guess. <laughs> you feel the need to. It is a tragedy, a sexy tragedy. Anyways, there's only one person I trust that if uh, I ask her to pick up my kid from school, she definitely won't take him on a roller coaster that will scare the living hell out of him. The one, the only, Gina Radcliffe. How are you doing today, Gina? Well, I, I wouldn't because I don't like roller coasters either. <laughs> But, but, you know, bumper cars, uh, you know, stuff like that, definitely. (laughs) That's more your speed. Yeah. (laughs) Excellent. My, my, uh, my kiddo's finally in the roller coaster range where he actually enjoys it now. Well, he can have fun with, he can have fun with that. He can have fun with it. Uh, it is, is more of an endurance test for me now though. (laughs) 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 We went past where it probably would have been fun where now I'm kind of like, Oh man, I, am I going to be all right doing this? Well, it's like, you, you of- don't realize how much those things throw you around until you, right. you, you get up and you're like, Oh God, my back. Where you, you're kind of like, <laughs> you're like, you, you, you like stand up like the lightning bolts come out of your back, like a Dones commercial. <laughs> and people exactly. think they, people think they stepped on peanut shells or something. And it's just your mm-hmm. back cracking. <laughs> I got up from bed the other night and my hip popped and Becky's like, what the hell was that? I'm like, oh, that came from my body. That's my, <laughs> my hip, body. Did that. My hip just turned to dust. <laughs> just became a mummy right in front of me. <laughs> uh, what were we talking about again? Oh, that's right. Uh, perhaps the best quote unquote erotic thriller of all time. Fatal attraction. Um, we kind of had this in the back of our heads as, Uh, how we would say goodbye for now um, to After Dark. Although After Dark will not be ignored, Gina. (laughs) We Uh, don't want our fans to to kidnap our children. No. Or or to uh, show up at our house at inopportune times. (laughs) Or to to murder our pets. Nope. We'd rather rather not. Or dress our children like an out-of-work Oompa Loompa. What is going on with that kid? For the that back half of the movie, it looks like she's wearing a a, 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 a padded suit underneath uh, her clothes. <laughs> she's got a very unflattering haircut for a, child, for a yeah, small no. child. It's like, maybe we want her to be a little boy? Maybe? <laughs> I don't know. They got clothes. They give me some child's clothes. And they're like, well, we cast a girl. And they're like, well, gender norms don't mean anything. It's 1987. Everyone will accept this. Uh, it also... The turtleneck that she's in is not helping. It looks like it's deflated. Like at one point it was blown up like a balloon and now it's just around her neck. Yeah, this is a, and yet I, I feel that these are very 
specific choices mm-hmm. because the the best word to describe this movie other than very good it, it's yes. a very good movie it is an excellent it, movie it is very stylish mm-hmm. it, it might yeah. be i i think it might be uh if you're not counting like you know movies that are that are kind of e- e- you associated with the 80s like you know your star wars is your your et's your yeah. your uh your breakfast club sure this might be the most uh, most 80s movie of the entire decade yeah. it, it, it just you know the message is giving and how it looks uh you know the 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 uh i guess i guess you call her the antagonist <laughs> i, I, <laughs> I mean, have a theory about that we'll, we'll get to it yeah we're gonna get to that but mm-hmm. she lives in a spectacular loft apartment yes that was very much for a while associated with you know a very stylish upper class new york kind of lifestyle you know that was something i very much wanted for myself Mm-hmm. And then I moved to New York and I saw how much those things actually cost. And I was like, <laughs> no. And if you were wondering, does this movie, well, you know, was it actually filmed in New York? Cause there, you know, a lot of people uh, film elsewhere as New York. Um, you can tell it's really New York city because every apartment they're in, whenever they walk, it sounds like the floorboards are crying for help. Yes. Yeah, this is this is very much well. Adrian, is it Lynn Line? Line, maybe Lynn, I think Line. He did a whole series of like he did uh, uh, nine and a half weeks was a very New York movie. Correct. Uh, you know these. You know, I hate to use the phrase the secondary character. That's such a cliche, but but yeah, I mean the the setting is pretty much you know you know, a background character in and of itself. And it's attuned to the plot of this motion picture. I mean the the big existential struggle for Dan, or as I like to call him, cinema's greatest villain, is that <laughs> it has been proposed and it is actively in motion. For him, his wife, and his child to move to, quote unquote, the country. They're going out of the city. And that's going to take him away from all these exciting things that are no longer exciting for him. And so, you know, as a way to basically, you know, crash his own car, as it were, is he decides, I'm, I, I can't actively do anything because I'm too scared. So I'm going to inactively do it by just having an affair and spinning the wheel and seeing how it goes. And it goes very poorly for him and everyone else. So here's the thing. When this movie came out, mm-hmm. people had, uh, it made a fortune. And yes. this was a very, you know, if the internet had been a thing, this would have been part of the discourse for a very long time. Yeah. Um, it was, oh, well, this is going to scare, you know, this is going to scare people away from casual sex because of AIDS. It's going to scare people away from casual sex because a person, you know, is going to go crazy on them. I did really did neither of those things to be honest. It seems that human beings, uh, biological desires go beyond a mere film's worth of evidence that, um, having an affair is a bad idea. Well, you've got the notion of people thinking, well, that's not that's not going to happen to me. I know how to handle these things. And yet, uh, I think the the way a lot of other filmmakers answered this movie was that women like Alex Forrester, Glenn Close's character, mm-hmm. are sexy because 
they're crazy. <laughs> so they will, you know, they'll, they'll, you know, you know, quote unquote, do anything. If you get my drift, it's exciting. Yeah. It's on the edge. It's, you know, let's put it blankly. It's crazy pussy. And, mm. and, and there's a lot of movies that, especially well into the nineties that, you know, this, this was a, this was a thing, you know, you got tied up in it and you had the time of your life and then you could just walk away at the end with no problem. Right. Yes. Uh, and Michael Douglas, you know, kept going into this well, I think, you know, cult, culminating to a certain degree in Basic Instinct, which would come out uh, four years later. And Yeah, about that, about four or five yeah. years later. But I my couldn't theory, remember if it was 91 or 92, but it's But, but my theory is, you're supposed to think this is his first time that he right. is stepping out on his marriage and getting involved with someone. I don't think it is. I, uh, Dana, I, uh, Gina, I, you fucking <laughs> read my mind. You're absolutely right. I don't, I don't think it is his first time. I don't think it's his fifth time. I don't think it's his tenth time. And you know why? Because he's just too smooth about yes. about hitting on her. And I mean, I mean, you know, she's flirting with him pretty heavily. Oh, she but, is definitely giving he, all signal. Like, there's practically an airport of blinking lights landing him into her bed, but. He's still, he's not, he's not like trapped in her fucking tractor beam. Right. He doesn't, like he doesn't look like he's, you know, thinking even for a split second, should I be doing this? Or, no. you know, feeling like, well, maybe I shouldn't see. He's like, you know, they just make a beeline right for each other. And yeah. I just don't think that if this is your first time cheating on your spouse, you're going to be like, say, <laughs> you're going to be a little nervous. You're going to be, you're going to, you know, have you have some reluctance right. and then it's like well what's the worst that can happen yeah. <laughs> turns out quite a lot quite a lot um yeah you don't uh have fun in the park with your dog if no. this is your first and that's another thing that's another thing what one thing i love and you know i feel like kind of skipping to the end of what what the interesting thing that's happened since the somehow 35 odd years as this movie came out <laughs> sure is the perception of who's the villain here has made a complete 180 mm-hmm. and it is michael douglas <laughs> yes <laughs> because he is 100 percent leading her on Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. He, he, is, he, he, there's he is, no playing going on here. He's telling her what, like, he, it comes out like she kind of knows he's married and everything. But he's basically saying, like, uh, well, she's not here and we are, and it's nothing we're doing is illegal. So if we want to enjoy this moment, we absolutely can. And it's, completely something that he has a hand on this wheel. It's yeah. not happening to him. He is helping it happen. Right. You know, if, if they had, you know, met, you know, met and went and had their fling and he went home and didn't call her or anything again, you mm-hmm. know, f- fine. It's not a nice thing he did, but you know, this happens a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know they spend the whole weekend together. They go out on a date. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you don't you don't go out on a date with the person you just fucking. You, know? yeah. like, you yeah. don't. That's how you 
send a mix. You shouldn't even do that with somebody that you're not cheating on someone else with. If you have a friend with benefits, don't take them out on a date because that's sending a mixed message. Right. And, and that's how things quote unquote get weird. And you, know, everybody has been there, mm-hmm. but, but you, you, you should not, you know, either you've been that person or you've been the person that's been done to. Yes. And, and all it does is just muddy the water and make things complicated and hurt feelings. But you know, they're happy. He's having breakfast with her. They're taking the dog out together. They are acting like a couple. Yes. He's <laughs> giving her every indication that this is not ending. In fact, He's basically replacing his wife with Alex. And right. it's like, uh, he doesn't want to take the dog out when she tells him to. He takes the dog out with Alex to have fun. Right. What, what are you doing? <laughs> what the fuck are you? What is happening to you? And I don't know. I, I, at the time, I think that the audience was supposed to believe, well, he told her he was married. Yeah. You know? <laughs> it's like, yeah, but yeah. <laughs> but he's not at, he's sure not acting like a married man. No, it's like they fell on the bed and he's like, wow, this was great, but it was a terrible mistake. I'm so very sorry. You know, I shouldn't have done this. Uh, all apologies. I'm a bad person. Please don't contact me again. <laughs> and, and backed out the door. You you have to wonder, does the rest of this movie happen? Because he pretty much like shows her a window into their lives together and then goes, well, what, where'd you get this idea from the ideas you gave me <laughs> dipshit? Exactly. It's like, gee, we spent a whole weekend together. We went on a date, you know, I, I cooked for you. You slept at my house. I, I'm sorry. Is that not what people in a relationship do? Yeah. And it extends over to a fucking Monday. Like, <laughs> just- <laughs> You got a three-day goddamn sex weekend. Great for you. But don't think there isn't going to be repercussions the longer you're in this, uh, you know, you're dating this woman now, right? It's more, if it was just sex that was so good, you had to uh, splash faucet water on your face. Gina, what the fuck is happening there? I feel like some of that was a little improvised. I guess, but... Then they kept it in the movie. Like this is like the, the sex is so good. I need to drip some faucet water on our faces and lick it off. Like, Hey, have you ever had New York city water tap water? Oh, you know, they say that's why the pizza crust and the bagels are so delicious. Yeah. Okay. All right. You know what? You won me over point Gina Rancliffe in New York city. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, and I guess maybe if you want to be charitable towards Dan as a character, okay, is that <laughs> maybe right. maybe he was enjoying, you know, kind of the, you know, the the excitement of you know a, a new relationship a little too much. Sure, yeah. but he is still it, it. This is still his fault. I mean, oh, we, we, we could we could just you know put that right out there. It's still his fault. It's entirely his fault, and as you said, like. The, the conversation around this film has flipped so 180. I started watching the my new habit of watching the, the Siskel and Ebert review of the movies that we cover. Mm-hmm. And Gene Siskel starts his, because he's introducing the movie. And it starts with, quote, a guy makes one mistake, 
Fuck. Jean. Jean. Jean Francis, I'm assuming, Siskel. <laughs> this is not a mistake. This is a lot parap- of mistakes. <laughs> to paraphrase Wayne's World, it isn't even several mistakes that one would necessitate a mistake rack. This is a lot. This is intentional fucking behavior. And at the end of it, my conclusion is, is that Alex is Frankenstein's monster, but Dan is Frankenstein. He creates this ambulatory motion filled uh, homunculi of dead body, dead emotional body parts that she has from God knows what, from emotional uh, sexual abuse list off what the panorama of conditions that might have led her to start making these decisions. And a lot of them would be things out of her control and possibly maybe that's why she's kind of attracted to Dan because it looks like Dan might have it fucking together. Turns out Dan will gaslight a motherfucker at the drop of a dime. Oh yeah, yeah, and that's why I think this is not his first time at the the infidelity rodeo. Yes, you know, I, th- I, I think because, because he he when she starts you know harassing him, let's mm-hmm. I mean it is harassment, but yes. again he he has it coming. Yeah, um, he sees more annoyed than anything else. Whereas yeah. I think I think most men would be kind of scared from Jump Street. Like, 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 he's more like, how dare you? <laughs> like, like I, you know, the, the last six women I fucked behind my wife's exactly. back didn't do this. You know? This <laughs> isn't how this goes is the implication there, even though he doesn't say it out loud. We have sex. We use, quote unquote, one another. And then I walk away scot-free back into my boring marriage where I'm married to Ann Archer. Like a fucking hey, who is tired of shacking up with <laughs> Anne fucking Archer? Well, you know she's had a kid now. Whatever. <laughs> uh, yes, I, it is so fucking tired. It is so goddamn basic. What is required of him, and how angry he gets at the very idea that sex will be denied him tonight because his child was scared and crawled into bed with him. Well. Put it on ice for a night and then try your luck tomorrow. What the fuck is your problem? It's like that's the first time you 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 know, sex has been interrupted because your child needed something. She's like five. Uh, <laughs> like, that's so, a way of oh life at that point. Oh my god! And he's so annoyed he has to take the dog out. Like you made a decision to have a dog. You can hear one in the background right now. Um, <laughs> Dog's like that's right. <laughs> God damn it! I want to go out. <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, the best way you can tell how how much public opinion has changed about this movie is that even the YouTube commentariat is mm-hmm. on Alex's side, which is, yeah. which is which is amazing when you when you yeah. think about it. I it, I feel this way about a lot of this shit that people make these giant leaps these days. And we've kind of, we're in the middle of it. Let's, um, we could talk about turning red, but it's so fucking ridiculous. It's out of town. Let's go to uh, a, a recent edition. You've seen it. I have not. And that is Adrian Lyne's most recent movie, 
which is coming out on Hulu. And as of the time you hear this, you can watch it. And that's uh, the deep, deep water, deep water, deep water. Um, it almost sounds like that one movie where Marky Mark is on an oil rig. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's like a lot of movies called Deep Water, Dark Water, yeah. Deep Rising. Uh, deep Rising. When are we going to do Deep Rising? That's an erotic thriller if you like tentacles. Is that, I was going to say, is that an animal attack movie? It is totally an animal attack movie. Because it's, like it's like a big fucking octopus or something, right? Yes, it's a it's a kraken of some kind. You know, I don't know that you ever really see the total of it. And then spoiler alert for the end, they land on what appears to be monster fucking island. At the end. <laughs> right. I love that movie. I own that movie. That movie's kind of fucking awesome. It's <laughs> I don't know. Hmm. Oh boy. We, we have our slots filled out, but you know what? We might have to make a change. <laughs> and it's know. always next year. That's true. It's not going anywhere. No one talk about that movie until April 2023. Uh, but uh, what were we talking about again? Deep water. Oh, fatal, deep water. So there's, there's this eruption that started to happen uh, today as we're recording this, the day before this will be heard. Where people are like, there's not enough nudity in this movie. There's not, is there any nudity in the movie? Very little. Very okay. little. It's a, it's a really, for an erotic thriller, it is extraordinarily restrained. <laughs> and not Which, restrained in the sexy way. Right. And who did the restraining? Like, it, was it originally supposed to be so restrained and they pulled back? Well, I'll tell because, you what, it was based on a Patricia Highsmith novel. Oh. So I, I am going to guess there were not too many graphic sex scenes in that. Sure. So. Uh, <laughs> the queen of restrained sex would be Patricia Highsmith. That, that is for certain. So I think um, that's that interesting. I, I don't really know why they couldn't have put a little. I mean, there are like, there are like a couple scenes, but nothing really like, you know, like outrageous. You know, I would say the sex scene in Fatal Attraction far more graphic right um and oh my god she looks so good in this movie she does I mean, she's yeah. got that she's got that crazy blonde hair the crazy curly hair i at one point i wrote down in my notes if this if you took out the the sexual politics element of it and it was just a competition between the two actresses to see how wide their hair could get this would be the greatest movie of all time it's just Ann Archer and, and her are, are just in a race to see how, if they can get it past their shoulders. It's pretty wild. Also, everyone looks fucking awesome. Even I'm Michael sorry. Douglas. Even Michael even Douglas. Michael Douglas. This well, isn't funny. This, his this was sexiest, a, but this was, he, uh, he, he, this is weird. He, in the seventies, he was this kind of this, this like sensitive guy with like, right, you know, the beard yeah. and the, and the, you know, the, 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 the flannel shirt. And he was like, you know, always kind of coded as a, you know, gentle feminist type. And then he like hit his forties. It's like sleazeball time. I think the sleazeball he always was became a marketable thing for him to be. And there's, there are very few movie stars who I think, cultivate an idea of what you want of them on screen to be. I kind of want to see this person suffer. And Michael Douglas does this very well. Which, yeah. I was thinking about it. Do we have a, a, 
you know, a, a contemporary version of Michael Douglas. I mean, I mean, would it be Spader? Sure. Um, Spader's come all the way around to from um, asshole who, uh, you know, will force you to give him a blowjob in, in a hot tub just for cocaine to just won't let you get together with the girl you want to be with to a Michael Douglas wannabe to buttoned up and spanking is my thing to, I just want to hear him talk. I just want to hear Spader talk. Yeah. I feel like James Spader would be more of the, you know, harasser than the harassy in a, in yes. a situation like this. Yes. But he, he, there are movies that are in the bullpen uh, with Spader in there that kind of fit that role. Dream lover is probably his closest that I can think of off the top of the dome, but I I am flummoxed for a a single person who in movie after movie after movie you kind of want to see them go through it with the hopes that maybe they won't get out of it this time. And I think Michael Douglas is that person. It's just a a weird personality thing where whether it's the game or I, I'm trying to think of, of now everything's flown out of my head, but he over and over and over again, he would take on film roles that you kind of weren't sure you wanted to root for the guy. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's like in a um, fatal attraction, you know, as, as we, uh, uh, as has been long known, the mm-hmm. original ending was more of a tragedy. You mentioned at the beginning was more of a tragedy that it would have made him pay for what he did. Yes, in which yes. she she commits suicide and somehow stages to make it look like he did it. And then, of course, because testimonies is always know what's best for these things. <laughs> They were like, no, she has to be the one to suffer. So they turned to some sort of like the only the only thing I don't like is the ending because yeah, it's, still, it's, a, it's a little too, you know, Jason rises out of the watery grave for one last, you know, for one last attack. And I think it's corny. She's not a monster. She's a person. Right. Yes. It's very odd that you're looking at her underwater for nearly 75 seconds and then she gets up and gasps for air as if she hasn't swallowed a ton of water up in that point like again i'm not going to (laughs) the movies for reality but um what i particularly like about the alternate ending um is all the sequences of of the police showing up him getting hauled away to jail and saying call this lawyer and if it ended there i would have been like that that's perfect the problem with it is it continues on. And then Ann Archer is like looking up the lawyer's name, finds a tape, which, you know, Glenn Close is admitting to what her plan is going to be. And then she's like, I saved the day. Like, no, if, if she had found that, listened to it and then burned it, that would have been an ending baby. Yeah. And, and, and I do, I do like when Glenn Close shows up at the house mm-hmm. and I like when she's, you know, kind of just, at this point, she's just she's just gone. Yeah. And she's like talking to, to Ann Archer. She's kind of like, you know, scraping the knife against her leg. And I'm like, mm-hmm. and that that's like really unsettling how yeah. she doesn't realize she's cutting herself. And 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 
And like the the Ant Archer's like, oh, I'm just gonna stand here and let her talk. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe she'll run out of steam. You never yeah, know. That part is good, but when it turns into you know a knockdown drag out and like you know Michael does like ah like right across mm-hmm. the house, I'm like, oh man, fuck you. I wish <laughs> I, I wish that knife just went right into your forehead. Honestly, God. <laughs> I mean, I mean, uh, you know, she could they could they could kill Alex off afterwards. Fine, whatever. But right. you know, I, I just hate that it ends with you. Know, oh, Oh, everything's all right now. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry this woman terrorized you and, and traumatized our child because, you know, I couldn't keep it in my pants. I'm so sorry. I'm really sorry. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree with you. The other movies where we like to see him suffer a lot is War of the Roses, Ugh. I would put in there. Basic Instinct, I would put in the there. Disclosure. Too, it, it, yes, Disclosure. <laughs> If you ever, if you ever wanted to see virtual reality the way it was meant to be, hands reaching through digital filing cabinets, run out and see disclosure. Oh my god! And falling down, I would also put in there as well. And he falling is, down at least he he's not playing this kind of like upper class sleaze ball. Right. Yes. But th- he is like so entitled. Well, yes. That Part of it is that he can't help himself, but make the worst constant decisions. He's, he's broken, but this stuff happens to him. But as justified as taught us, if everywhere you go, you meet an asshole, maybe it's not everyone else, you know? Yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, the game being another one, even wonder boys, I think qualifies to a certain degree because he's just, he's not a, great person and that movie kind of lets you know that if bad things are happening to him it's chances are he brought it on and and he 100 brings this on yes oh yes oh yes um he has love in an elevator living it up while (laughs) it's going down (laughs) i love those apartments where the elevator opens right into the living room God damn, that's the classiest shit I've ever seen. I want, I've, you know, and I've, I've lived in, I've lived in New York for like 17 years now. I've never been to anywhere where that has been a thing. I've been to, I've been to one or two loft apartments, never mm-hmm. had the whole, like the elevator opens right into the apartment. I love I it. Feel, I feel like they shorten every apartment now to avoid that from happening. They yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah, it's not, and 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 yeah, most time people don't live in them. They're like open plan offices, wank, 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 and and uh, <laughs> you know. And but when I was a teenager, before I I years before I actually moved to New York, I used to mm-hmm. fantasize about living in New York, and I'm like, that's where I'm gonna live. I'm gonna be a, a I'm gonna be a world famous novelist. That's what my apartment's gonna look like. I'm gonna have an elevator that opens right into my living room. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I live way out in Brooklyn. <laughs> <laughs> Well, what are you going to do? The world, the world changes. Yeah. Um, yeah, this movie. Oh boy. Oh boy. What a wild trip. I was impressed. Like this movie has a lot of practical locations, but they line is very much playing with the whole black and white of it all. Whenever you see white and whenever you see black is definitively planned out. Like they're with the, I think the park scene is like, and when they're out in the country are the only times you really see natural colors for the most part. Otherwise 
you're mostly seeing versions of white and versions of black. Right. And oh my God, Glenn, uh, I hate to be horny on Mang. <laughs> no, you don't. Uh, well, Glenn Close is so fucking hot in this movie. She is. And, and, it's, and, it's, and it's interesting because she had not at that point and has rarely since played overtly sexual characters. Right. And, yes. and I remember when she was cast in this, it was kind of like Glenn Close. You know? <laughs> like, I feel like Glenn Close had, had the main problem with Glenn Close has always been a haircut. And in here, she's just allowed to be wild and proud and out there. And she has the same haircut in um, the erotic, semi-erotic thriller that came out before this, where she's a lawyer. Oh, uh, oh, the one with uh, uh, Jeff Bridges? The Jagged Edge. Yes. Yes. Um, which is a good movie. I don't know that I would... It's more of a legal thriller that just has two sexy people in it. I, I can't. I I think we mentioned this before, though. I can't. I can't watch it now and not think of the the Harvey Birdman parody <laughs> with Boo <laughs> Boo. <laughs> well, I just I think if we talk about it, we talk about both of them, <laughs> and, <laughs> and conflate them. Dowels. <laughs> Did you get that thing <laughs> I sent you? I what have to tell, about again? I have Fatal to tell you, there are, there are people who, who, who want us, who very much would like us to do uh, a, a Harvey Birdman uh, side project. <laughs> I think for the size of the episodes, it's very appealing. I, just, <laughs> I mean, I thought our music videos got low uh, downloads, but they've risen since. They're just, they don't appeal right away. I don't know. But now you can actually watch Harvey Birdman whenever you want if you have HBO Max. Like, it's right fucking there. Yes. Uh, for a while, it was, it was harder to watch. Okay. Um, <laughs> Jesus Christ. The way this man just refuses to accept the consequences of his behavior is astounding. It's fucking astounding. Well, that's what, that's what I mean. That's what makes it what, what makes it hard to sympathize with him is, again, he, 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 he's not sorry. You know, he doesn't, no. he doesn't feel bad about what he's done. He's mad. Yes. He's, he's, yes. he's annoyed at her. He, she fucked up his system. And that's what this is. It's a system of getting him off. And, th and, and that's has, why, and that's why I think that, that he's done this many, many times before. Yeah. Yeah. Now, yeah. I don't mean, I, it's weird. Like when you, the before and after, cause fatal attraction, you know, it, it's kind of become a bit of a, 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 you know, pop culture joke that you know you're you're gonna have a fling with someone it's gonna turn into a fatal attraction situation. You know, mm -hmm. before that it was play misty for me. Sure, uh, but yeah. but at least in that he wasn't married. You know exactly he, he just wanted to mess around and 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 you know she didn't quite get that because she was not so but here <laughs> I mean it's entirely his fault. But I do wonder you know in the before and the after if men who you know, do have a fling are more likely to react to, you know, wow, this woman won't leave me alone with fear rather than, than annoyance now, because, okay, this could get bad for me really quickly. Yes. And they, to the film's advantage, one of the things I, I think it does very, very well is 
constantly raise the stakes between their interpersonal relationship in that it's not just, uh, you know, this marriage that's on the line. He reacts physically and she reacts physically. She's slicing her wrist. He's choking her out against the wall. Like there is a serious problem. It's, it's not simply that she is dynamite. He's also dynamite and they've lit fuses next to one another. Right. Both of them are going to explode. If this, like it's what's also a bad part of the second ending, the one that was seen in theaters is that it falls on Ann Archer to solve the problem when she could have easily just shot both of them and lived a happy fucking life. Or, you know, just grab the kid and leave. Like, here, you two figure it out. Yeah, you have fun, you two. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, just, just you know, let me know when it's safe for me to come back. You know, <laughs> either either one of you will call or the police will call me. It's, you know, I, you know I'll just, you go, you, you, you hash this out between the two of you. I wanted to yeah. uh, go over something real quick in regards sure. to casting of this. Okay. Uh, among the like, because Glenn Close wasn't thought of someone who you know exuded sexuality. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was this was someone Adrian. She was Adrian Line wanted her specifically, but the producers of the film did not want her. They wanted either Melanie Griffith, Jessica Lange, Michelle Pfeiffer, Susan Sarandon, or Deborah Winger. Also auditioning for the role, Kirstie Alley. <laughs> <laughs> but but uh but but Adrian Thank you, Line, cheers for making this not happen. <laughs> but Adrian Line basically said, let you know, let me get the two of them together. I will show you that this will work. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, they got together and they had the thing that so many erotic thrillers lack, and that is actual genuine chemistry. Yeah. Yes. A chemistry that could I don't think you could replicate in any way, shape, or form. Uh, yet could Jessica Lange have pulled this off? Probably. Oh, I'm sure she could. Probably. Have. I'm sure Susan Sarandon could have, Um, you know, Deborah Winger probably could have, you know. I Pfeiffer, mean, I think if, if Pfeiffer was in a weird position at this exact moment, but she's certainly, she's entirely capable of giving I think, I think, this level I think Michelle, the only thing that would have held Michelle Pfeiffer back, I think she would have been a little too young. True. this character yes. at the time. And you're I, adding I, another weird power dynamic to an right. already weird power. I, dynamic. I like that. I think it works in a really interesting way. The fact that Alex is about his age and she's also, you know, her own woman, you know, she's, she doesn't want him for the money. You yeah. know, she just, she just wants him. Well, I have mm-hmm. no idea, but you know, like. <laughs> <laughs> again, like, it's, I mean, you know, there's millions she does of all men sorts of this. crazy things, but these are the track, like the tracks were always there. Like she was going to, this was going to happen. And ultimately he is the compelling factor that cons- is constantly pushing her farther and farther and farther to do wilder and wilder things. It's not of her own volition that she is dreaming up some of these scenarios. He is pushing her in such a way where the only way she can be heard is to do something that's fucking nuts. Now that is an explanation and not an excuse. No, no. And, and don't anybody don't say that. Yeah, this is, you know, the things that she did are, 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 you know, are, are, are good and, 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 you know, more than, a, you know, and easily excused. They are not. Right. Yeah. But he has a very, 
you know, large part of the responsibility <laughs> for why this happened. Yes. Um. All right. We don't really have a de- a death venture for the most part. Yeah, so, just getting shot. Big deal. Yeah, who cares? So what we're going to do is, is choose our own scary roller coaster adventure. <laughs> if you were forced to go on a scary roller coaster ride, and you had to pick one, which one would it be? Child kidnapping afternoon from Fatal Attraction. Fingering Reese Witherspoon in fear. Oh, God. <laughs> The Hulk, the Hulk coaster from the house on Haunted Hill or any scene from Roller Coaster, a movie, a real movie starring George Siegel as a safety inspector trying to stop a mad bomber. And then in one scene, Sparks plays a concert at Magic Mountain. Oh, shit. Um, well, you know, I had an answer that you mentioned Sparks. Um <laughs> Now, he doesn't get to listen to Sparks. He's searching for the Mad Bomber, who's played laconically by Timothy Bottoms in a role which says, "Mm, I'm on downers today. (laughs) Well, in the scenario uh, with the child, am I the child or am I the kidnapper? You're definitely the child. Hmm. Yeah. No, I mean, I don't like, I don't like roller coasters now. I don't think I would have, I definitely don't think I would have liked them at age five. So yeah, yeah, uh, I guess I'm going to have to go with George Siegel. Yeah. This is a tough one because I love the Hulk coaster at Islands of Adventure, but um, that one seems like a feat of engineering. That is an impossible thing. I don't like Mark Wahlberg and I don't want to be fingered by him (laughs) on a roller coaster or anywhere else. (laughs) Not even, I, while, not even while that nice cover of Wild Horses is playing. That's really pretty. <laughs> <laughs> it's very romantic. Oh, so, so romantic. <laughs> Fear has to be now put into the bullpen. Yeah, I, I think, I think that has been, that that was uh, suggested to us at some point. We're going to do this again. Well, yeah, this is, this is a keeper, everyone. <laughs> this one's a keeper. The only problem with it is we're watching two-hour movies, um, but... Um, yeah, I think I'm going to go with roller coaster as well. This way I can have George Siegel's mustache. At some point he's wearing a straw hat and he's a business person, a straw hat in public. And Timothy Bottoms is nice to look at. If I recall, not in this, he looks bloated. Oh, (laughs) he looks like he just came out of a drunk tank. Every time you look at him, no, it is, no eye candy, no sparks. What the fuck, man? Come on, uh, yeah. What are you doing to me here? This, this is the worst I mean, you get to watch sparks to when you watch the movie, but well, um, right. as far as I remember, George Siegel like spies it, but they're all in, like walkie talkies trying to find Timothy Bottoms. Um, yeah, Helen Hunt's in that movie as a as a tween. I was gonna say um, she had to be like a fetus. Yeah, yeah, she's really young. Um, it's her first movie. Um, Roller coaster, everybody. I don't think we'll ever cover roller coaster. Yeah, if we if we start doing like disaster movies, that's good. That's just gonna be a whole other thing. Yeah, that that real. And then I feel like we'd be stepping on Disaster Girl's toes. It's a whole schmear. Here, I feel like, well, well, we're 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 stepping on the toes of your other podcast, but we didn't know that when we started doing this. Well, that's okay. This is as we don't. This is as we don't like overlap over the same uh, episodes. Yeah, over yeah. the same movies. And even then, yeah. there's always something new to say. There's a and there's a such a there, there's a specific lane for you guys. So I feel like you guys 
you do very good versions for the most part. And we've dipped into Mother May I Sleep with Danger. <laughs> yes. Yeah, the we definitely we do, we do worse version. We do we do try to stick with movies that are generally regarded to be good. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, and we haven't we haven't even touched the straight to video boom of of uh, movies. We didn't like, do Patrick. We didn't do a single Shannon Tweed movie. I know. I know. The unacceptable. And, and Bromley is doing a thing now where he's going to watch every single one of her movies. So um, I think we will definitely have to have him him on for an episode for a movie. Maybe he doesn't cover enough this movie. We'll have to see. But um, I've had a lot of fun talking about these movies. They're they're different yeah. in every single way, shape, or form. I wish there were funny details in this movie, but everything you see on screen was planned. So yeah, this, this every everything the this you know the the you know, everybody looks great. Everything yeah. is very tasteful. That dinner that party that they're at for the book launch, there are people who are just, oh my god, the choices that were made. But it's like, yeah, it's a it's a dinner party in 1987. What are you gonna fucking do? <laughs> I was much more consumed by uh, licking faucet water off of each other's. All, all I got to say is New York tap water. New York tap water. <laughs> this Try is the it. only acceptable use of sex in water is New York water, well, faucet water. Well, they're not like, face. you know, putting it on their parts. You know, they're just licking it off each other's yeah. faces. Yeah. Also, you know, use a goddamn condom. <sighs> For fuck's if sake. You are, if you are going, if you absolutely positively must step out on your partner. Use protection. My oh, God, the I audacity sh- of like you weren't should not even have to tell you this. Something like fuck you, Dan. Go to hell. Should not even have to tell you this. I really want him to rot in jail. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I just so you know, fuck you, test audiences. What do you know? I know they denied us something beautiful, uh, but that pretty much does it. Don't worry, folks. The body count. Uh, wait a second. Hold on. We've got. <laughs> there's so much more to do. This will not be a heavily edited episode. Um, first off, our our art for everything is done by Josh Hollis. Uh, visit him at joshhollis.com. Our music is by Revenge Body. Uh, put in Revenge Body to Bandcamp and you'll find uh, our stuff and his stuff. Great music. Gina, where can people find you on these here internets? I write about movies and television at the school.net where you can, in fact, as of right now, find my review of Deep Water. It's not very good. Um, I suggest if you want to watch an Adrian Line erotic thriller, you watch, oh, I don't know, Fatal Attraction. Yeah. Uh, and I am on Twitter and Instagram under Gina Does Things. Uh, do it today, people. Check it out. You can uh, find us on Twitter and uh, we have a Facebook group. We have Instagram, all the socials. You can email us at killbykillpod at gmail.com. I still have copies of uh, the Stephen King audiobook and believe it or not, Scream. Uh, please, if you want a free, email me <laughs> and let me know and I will give it to you. Uh, that's, that's part of my job. And of course, uh, we have on our Patreon, we have this month, uh, we have Mosquito, which is already available, where we talk about the, weirdly enough, fun movie called Mosquito. And at the end of the month, we will be talking over Halloween 6. <laughs> <laughs> 
You're like, sure will. Every time I say it out loud, I hope something different's going to happen, but it isn't. We're going to have to watch that fucking movie. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I I think it'll be enjoyable just to talk about it. True. Uh, And that just about does it. Don't worry, folks. The body count will continue next week. Try to find a little movie called The Unseen from 1980. Uh, Good luck with that. (laughs) Probably our least available motion picture we've ever covered, but we have a great guest and it's a fun conversation and I want you to be a part of it. Uh, Until then, uh, for Gina and myself, the body count will continue. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye.